Hello, welcome to another Use of Force. This week on our walk that covers the two racetracks, Aqueduct and Belmont, we have an instance that occurred in Queens Village. This instance is another case where there's no actual use of force report. And it's also unique as it involves two or three people that were involved in the corrections department. So the actual instance of force did not take place by the NYPD, but by one corrections officer against another. Mm. And so the victim was Jeffrey Ragland. This was back in 2014. And he was a corrections officer for 23 years and retired at the age of 50. And he was seeing another corrections officer, a woman who was 33 years old. Mm -hmm. And she was seeing a third corrections officer. They had broken up. Jeffrey and the corrections officer had broken up. Mm -hmm. So at 4.30 in the a.m., on January 10th, uh, the woman officer, Celise Sales, was getting up to go to work, and she had spent the night at the other officer's house, okay. O'Neill Linton, and Jeffrey Raglan had been waiting for her to come out of the home. Oh, wow. And an altercation ensued. And... One, the, I, it must have been loud enough to be heard because O'Neill Linton mm -hmm. came out of the home and it, it turned violent. Raglan punch sales, uh, according to police that arrived later on the scene. Then mm -hmm. a struggle ensued and according to uh, O'Neill Linton, he drew his weapon and fired twice after Raglan seemed to be reaching for a gun mm. and police confirmed also that that Raglan had a weapon on mm. him. So, you know, there are reports as to the character of Raglan and there are multiple from the articles that were around. It was, it, it didn't seem like something that people were expecting. Mm. Um, you know, he was a, he was a very large man. He was over six feet tall and over three hundred pounds, apparently. Okay. Uh, but uh, not uh, he, he seemed like uh, not somebody that would cause trouble or something like that. Right. But, you know, when it comes to uh, crimes of passion, I guess that can be different for people's characters. Yeah, I guess things can switches can flip. Yeah. Whatever happened with the the two other correctional officers where did they keep their job did O'Neill get arrested for killing Ragland or no do you know what happened there there that? I did not find anything that indicated that there was further um, consequences for them so it was considered like an act of defense yeah okay yeah but I mean it is uh, you know it is a uh, subsection of 
uh, law enforcement that we don't really talk about much on this show. Right. Do so corrections officers are the people that actually work in the prison, right? Yeah, well, yeah. In the prisons and jails, I guess in this case Rikers Island is considered a jail. Okay. And the difference between the jail and the prison are while they're kind of like conversationally used as interchangeable. Um, jail is a place for those awaiting trial or held for minor crimes, and then a prison is a place for convicted criminals of serious crimes. Oh, okay. And so Rikers is considered a jail? Yeah. So it's a holding place it's, and for minor crimes? It's basically, yeah, it's 10 separate jail uh, facilities on the one island, apparently. Okay. And is that where these three people were working? I don't know if they served at Rikers, but I do know that Jeffrey Ragland was a member of the Emergency Service Unit, which is a tactical team that responds to jailhouse emergencies. Oh, okay. And also, he was assigned to guard high-security inmates on trips to and from jail. Okay. So, he had spent long enough and was apparently a good enough officer to be assigned to those types of jobs. Right. But there are a number, uh, Rikers is the biggest jail complex in the city, but there are also a number of facilities throughout the city that are smaller. And that brings me to talk a little bit about uh, the closing of Rikers, which is a topic that has been around for a few years now. Yeah. And it was first... Uh, the, well, I guess there was an effort by de Blasio or an announcement by de Blasio in around 2017 that they were going to try and close Rikers within 10 years. Okay. Uh, first get the population down to under 5,000 and then ultimately close it and then have four new jails built, uh, one in each borough except for Staten Island. Oh. And... That plan was, uh, you know, I was looking on the Correctional Officers Benevolent Association website, mm -hmm. and they were skeptical of that, um, you know, predictably so, I guess. Well, what is the reason? I, I guess I had heard that it was going to be closed, but I didn't realize they were then going to build new jails. I thought the idea was just to close Rikers and try to be arresting less people and fix fix the system a bit. And I know Rikers has a, a history of, it has a really negative history. Yeah, well, there are people on, it's a messy situation. There are people on both sides of the conversation as, for, as far as how to move forward. Mm -hmm. There are people that are progressive activists that are saying you don't need to build new jails, mm -hmm. that you should use that money to invest in NYCHA and other things that yeah. would keep people being from being arrested and also just put the onus on the police to not arrest as many people. Right. And then there are other people who feel that the plans to build these facilities is being rushed. There's 
a review period for the public to evaluate whether or not we should do this. Mm -hmm. And the city wasn't providing all of the plans necessary in order for them to be reviewed properly. Right. So, but that it was again in 2017 or so when this was first uh, proposed, and then uh, in 2020 this year or this past year, the the tune was changed. I think uh, in part because of uh, the budget issue. Mm, right. Um, De Blasio says that he doesn't think it's possible anymore, and also. Uh, the there was a ruling in September of 2020 that the first of the jails that they were looking for looking to move forward with, which was uh, in Manhattan on White Street, was uh, struck down by uh, a judge because they were not providing enough information. I think okay. I think maybe environmental, uh, but it was. Yeah. So this is, you know, whatever momentum has now taken a big hit. And between this and the budget crunch that's going to be coming as a result of COVID, this situation remains uncertain. Right. It's well, because of COVID also, there was a big push to get people out of jail in general. Right. And I don't I don't know how much of that they've actually done, but it seems like it, it could potentially if the right people worked on it, it could they could still potentially close Rikers, get people out of jail, and not build new jails. Yeah. I guess that's obviously the, the position that I naturally want to take. Right. Well, the so the, the four new jails are meant to house 3,300 detainees. And the city picked 2026 as the time to have these jails ready, and now it's at 2028. Mm. But they they thought that that's how long it would take to get the population down. Mm. Now currently there are 4,000 in jail. Okay. Because of COVID, yeah. you know, people being released. Yeah. Um, so, and also uh, the way that uh, bail reform has right. happened in the past year, um, it seems plausible that it could potentially get down uh, to that number faster than 2026. Yeah. But yeah, it. But there's still the budget issue. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's also, you know, they're making these plans and de Blasio will not be in office at that right. time. So it's. It'll be up to whoever steps in after. Yeah. If they want to try and fulfill that promise and I don't think that there's going to be any political will to follow anything that de Blasio was doing so yeah. it could very easily just get pushed aside but there are a couple of mayoral candidates that have already committed to closing Rikers period so mm. it is a facility that is very difficult for families to visit because there's only one bus line right. it also is very difficult for inmates that have trials in different parts of the mm. city. They have to go and, uh, you know, wake up extremely early and uh, get, um, you know, it. it's just a difficult situation. If there were more uh, diverse uh, holding facilities around the other boroughs. Right. Uh, it perhaps would make transportation a 
transportation and visitation a lot easier. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's actually very surprising to me. I don't, I think I always thought that Rikers was a prison based on how you described the difference between jail and prison, mm -hmm. specifically because of that, that aspect that it is out on an island on its own near the airport. It's hard to get to. And it has these like stories of being really violent and dangerous. Right. And it, yeah, it surprises me that it's, that it's just a holding place and often for like minor crimes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah, it remains to be seen what's going to happen there. So it's interesting to read the way that the Correction Officers Benevolent Association mm -hmm. frames these types of discussions because obviously it's not in their interest to close the jails mm. as it lowers the number of people that are employed right. at the jails. Um, and then they, they have to be careful to communicate that it is a noble goal to try and close the jails. Right. But they also are, you know, framing it as something that is not realistic for whatever mm -hmm. reason, depending on the article. And then they're also, you know, framing it from the perspective of, you know, well, then why aren't we closing police precincts down too? Because they're not police, you know, they are a separate division within right. law enforcement. I mean, I'm not even sure. I, it is law enforcement, you know, I don't. Yeah. But it, yes. But they're not considered like NYPD. Yeah. The correction officers. No, no, they are, uh, yeah, a different, a different thing. So back to the incident that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. I guess I, you know, I, we don't have a ton of information about what happened, but like you said, these. This is, seems like a crime of passion. Something happened in the heat of the moment. Some some switch flipped. But I am kind of curious. I mean, I just speculating, I guess. It seems like the job of a corrections officer is probably pretty high stress, probably fairly violent probably pretty like your job is to be in control of other people and I just wonder how much that doing that every single day would create situations like this yeah it's an incredibly difficult job and you put yourself in a place where I think you are forced to compartmentalize your humanity and your emotions in a way that's probably not healthy. Yeah. I think we've talked about that idea with police officers before too, where your your sense of what the world is is so different from what you know, like you or I, Mike, might feel the world is because you and I very, very rarely interact with people in a negative way or in a violent way or in a high stress way where you're fearful for your life. 
whereas the people working in these in industries or sections that that's just what they're dealing with every single day so I can imagine it would just make you feel like the world is that like that if that's what your world is that is probably what you think everything is yeah and I don't know what the answer to that is I guess Yeah, I don't, I just don't know really what the answer is, but it does seem like, um, I just have that, I'm noticing it and feel like it's important to point out and yeah, I don't know, I don't know how to fix it, mm -hmm. but I don't, it doesn't seem good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not really sure how you fix something like that. There's, um. until we can reduce the jail population so it's not as potential potentially rife for violence and this when we change the paradigm of what it means to be a rehabilitation center and make it not so adversarial right it's it's just going to continue to be that way right all right well that's it for this week as always if you know anything about this incident or would like to talk more with us about it uh, we're always happy to, to learn more about anything that we've discussed thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next week bye